0: You're listening to Destin Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. Amen. We are back. Let me ask y'all something. Did Monday's lesson, A New You Part 1, like how was that? I so enjoyed that. And I just thank the Lord for that comparison, for his sovereign wisdom and even bringing that about and using it to show us what he's doing and how he's doing it isn't God awesome well today we're going to dig in and find out um, what scripture says about a particular individual who um whose chrysalis season and all that stuff is, is documented for us to understand so let's go into prayer and then get into this word Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much. We love you so much. You're so holy, so awesome, so pure. We even thank you, God, first of all, for your son, Jesus, but we thank you for your servant, Paul. We thank you for every sacrifice that he made and all the ups and downs that he went through just to preach the gospel, hallelujah, and to bring the message of the gospel to the Gentiles. We thank you, Father, for all of your servants all over the world, from the beginning of the church age, all the way moving forward into the future and to the end of the church age. Father, we thank you for Each and every person that you just use for your glory to advance your kingdom and to spread the message of what Jesus has done for humanity. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that it's not by our works, Lord, but it's by grace that we are saved through our faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Lord, that um, your the blood of Jesus makes us righteous and cleanses us and cleans us and purges us and sanctifies us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving us the strength to change and by your spirit, making us new creatures as we yield to your will and to your holy, sovereign, unchanging, eternal, living, word hallelujah lord we love you we thank you it's in jesus name that we pray amen so as i mentioned on monday's episode a new you part one um i mentioned this towards the end that i asked the lord well you know who in scripture did we see you know go through this kind of like metamorphosis um um this metamorphic change and the lord brought paul to mind. And, you know, initially I'm thinking like, okay, maybe it's David, maybe it's this one, maybe it's that one, but the Lord said Paul. And of course, God is so absolutely beyond what we would consider to be right. I mean, like he's perfect in every way and in everything. Right. So, um, I'll just give you a little backstory about Paul. Paul used to be Saul and, um, Saul was this really interesting person. And it's so amazing how God looks throughout the world and he is picking certain people to do certain things. There were things that made Saul the perfect candidate to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Okay. So we're going to speak about these things. We're going to go through scripture, but he had this really unique upbringing. He had this really unique set of um, knowledge and understanding and his knowledge was not just, uh, limited to Judaism. It was also in the secular world, as far as, um, the Gentile world, I'll say. So he didn't just have knowledge of, uh, Jewish culture, tradition and literature and things of that nature, but he also had knowledge of, um, Gentile culture and, and literature and whatever was going on with them. Paul knew it and he had understanding of it. And sometimes we don't understand why we're born where we are born and why we go through what we go through and the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And why Why am I Hispanic? Why am I a white person? Why am I a black person? You know, why was I born in Mississippi? Why was I born in Brooklyn? Why was I born in like West Virginia? Like wh- why, why? You know, what is the purpose behind all of this? But there are specific things that are already in you. Remember, we spoke about this with the butterfly in the caterpillar, there are things because of where you're from and your culture and who your family is, and all of that stuff. There are things within you that God is going to cause to be activated that um will contribute to you becoming who you are and moving forward and what God has called you to. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to thank God and rejoice for that. You know, we need to embrace who God has made us, so, you know. There is no, we're all individuals. Now, God has his universal way for all of his children, but come on, everyone, just for example, I speak the way I speak. You speak the way you speak. The way I speak enables me to relay a message to you in a way that you understand, right? Um, the way I study and the way the Lord uses me to um, put messages together. It's easy for some people to understand while listening to a different teacher It may be more difficult for you to understand. Why? Because that person is an individual and that's the way they speak. And I'm an individual and it's the way I speak. And God uses them for his sovereign purposes and he uses me for my sovereign purposes. God forbid I would try to be like them and God needs me to be me. God needs you to be you. So there's a reason why you are who you are. There's a reason why... um, Uh, You speak the way you speak. There's a reason why you like the things that you like. Glory to the name of the Lord. (laughs) It's all for God's sovereign um, purposes and and his will. And it's, it's, it's for a particular reason. It's for a particular people. And that's whoever God is going to cause you to encounter and be a blessing to. Amen? Amen. So you don't ever have to try to be like anyone else. You don't ever have to feel like, you know, if you don't attain to a particular image that you see that you may like, that you are out of outside of the will of God. Um, it, I You know, I, I delight in um, people being themselves. I actually really enjoy it um, because just because you are yourself and you are embracing certain, uh, you know, little quirky things about yourself, it doesn't mean that you're not saved anymore, that you're outside of the will of God. Um, there are things that were within Paul that for some of us today, we would say, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to use that anymore. I'm going to forget about that. I don't need that. You know, that's the old me and stuff like that. And yeah, you may have learned it as the old you, but it was put in you for what you're going to do now. Amen. For who God is sending you to and who you'll become. Amen. Doesn't mean that you're not a completely new creature. Doesn't mean that you didn't sacrifice and all those old things have been destroyed. But there were some things in that chrysalis stage that were kept alive, that were necessary for the survival of the butterfly. There were some things inside of Saul that had to die. But there were some things that had to remain so that he could be Paul. Amen. Amen. So, um, everything, um that saul was um it did have to die well well some things that saul was um had to die so that he could become paul but um what i want you to do is turn with me to acts 23 and 6 okay okay so everything was already in him so remember we're doing this butterfly fly comparison so i hope that it helps you to understand and let's go acts 23, verse 6, it says, Paul realized, I'm reading reading the New Living Translation, that some members of the high council were uh, Sadducees and some were Pharisees. So he shouted, brothers, I am a Pharisee as were my ancestors. And I am on trial because my hope is in the resurrection of the dead. Okay, let me give you a little backstory. First of all, I want y'all to know, Paul was a Pharisee. This is why I said that. Those same religious leaders that were looking at Jesus going tisk tisk, Paul was a part of that sect. So let me give you a little um, backstory on Sadducees and Pharisees. They are two different sects within, within Judaism, no longer existing. Um, Sadducees were a sect of Judaism, which did not believe in the supernatural or the miraculous. They were not with all of the extra law and oral law. No, they were straight Torah. Give them the first five books. They weren't with none of that other stuff. They weren't with no, none of the, the, the prophetic, all the supernatural, all the miracles, the resurrection of the dead that's extracted and, you know, clearly spoken of in some of the Psalms and stuff like that. The Sadducees was not with it. Okay, so they didn't believe in those things. But they were Jews and they did uphold the Torah. They did follow the law. Amen. And they also um, were liberal in that they were um, very well um, liked and connected with the, the Romans. And the Romans were the ones who chose who the high priest was for the Jews because somehow it became you know, kind of political. Now the Pharisees on the other hand, they believed in all of it. They believed in all of those books that we have in the old Testament. They believed in all of the written um, law. They believed in all of the oral law. Okay. So they believed in stuff that Technically people added or Jews added after the law was given by Moses. This is why a lot of us feel like, um, they were saying that Jesus broke the law. And so we have this misconception because, um, there are so many people out there who have not necessarily studied to show themselves approved. So they say, Oh no, Jesus, he didn't do that. And he destroyed this and he destroyed that. And Jesus said, no, I didn't come to destroy anything. I came to fulfill it. First of all, I got to understand we are a part of a new covenant and a better covenant. Um, The old one did have to be done away with, but Jesus came to fulfill it. Jesus was literally like the walking Old Testament. Okay, literally and simultaneously like the the manifestation of the New Testament all at once. But these Pharisees, they had a whole bunch of laws that they made up on their own. So Jesus himself, when he came, he's like, I'm not breaking anything. (laughs) I'm actually doing this the way I said it's supposed to be done. The Pharisees are the ones who made up like a whole bunch of extra stuff. Jesus is like, I didn't say none of that. <laughs> y'all said that. That's y'all law. Um, doing that does not make y'all righteous. Okay. So these Pharisees were, were this sect, but so they had all this extra stuff and they would be looking at Jesus like, why are your disciples doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath? And he's like, picking corn to eat. Are you serious? Like, did you not read what David did? That would be unlawful to do, but y'all love him, right? Come on. (laughs) Okay. That's me with my, my extra, you know, (laughs) like the extraness. Now, you know how some people read the word, how it relays in some people's brain. (laughs) That's how it sounds to me. Okay. Um, thank you, Jesus. So, but of course, you know, the word means what it means. And so here we have these Pharisees. So the Pharisees, they believed in all of this extra stuff um, that was passed down from generation to generation to generation. um, That's not explicitly written in God's word or was not explicitly handed to them from Moses. But the Pharisees actually believed in miracles. They believed in miraculous things. And they also believed in the resurrection of the dead. So Paul, he brings out this. He's like, brothers, I'm a Pharisee. And all of my fathers, all of my ancestors, this is my lineage. This is my bloodline. Like we were all Pharisees and you have me on trial because I'm hoping in the resurrection of the dead. He's basically saying the thing that I'm hoping, hoping in within this new covenant is the same thing that y'all believed in anyway, right? Okay. So Paul was a Pharisee. Can you imagine that this apostle who wrote two thirds of the new Testament by the spirit of the living God used to be a Pharisee. The ones that used to go tempting Jesus and put him into the um, trial and all that stuff. Can you imagine that metamorphosis right there? So Paul, um, he was clearly this, this, this caterpillar who went into This chrysalis who became this butterfly. Now, one thing that Paul never did was he never forgot who he was at Saul. Listen, the butterfly is completely new, but it never forgets its its time as a caterpillar. Never forgets it. It never goes back to being a caterpillar. Never goes around eating leaves again and all that stuff. Never goes back to crawling but it never forgets who it used to be. Okay. But the work done during Paul's chrysalis season causes him to cope with who he formerly was because it was so crucial to him being who he became. So who did Paul become? Paul was not just an apostle. Paul was an apostle to the Gentiles. Now, all the other apostles who walk with Jesus, they went to the Jews and we have that, um, really amazing, um, account of Paul, um, being called to the Gentiles, the, um, Cornelius, right? However, all the apostles, all the disciples that walk with Jesus, they were focused on preaching to the Jews, but here we have Paul set apart and he went to the Gentiles. Now this is so special and it was so important for him to remember who he was as a caterpillar. Why? Because the things that he learned as a caterpillar helped him or were crucial to him being who he would become as a butterfly. Okay. Yes. I'm comparing Paul to a butterfly. Let's go to, I'm comparing you to a butterfly too. Okay. Let us find ourselves in Philippians 3, 5 through 6. Walk with me here. It says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. A real Hebrew, if there ever was one, I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I want you to know that the Jewish sect of the Pharisees, they actually came together because they wanted to uphold holiness. They came together with the right intentions and they said, we are going to make sure that everybody knows what the word of God says and everybody does exactly what the word of God says. But what they did was they begin to add stuff on that God never said, and they begin to hold holiness in such a high regard that they became self-righteous thinking that they were holy because of what they could do. We thank God for this new covenant. Okay. Amen. So, um, it's, so he says he demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law because that's what the Pharisees did. The Sadducees were actually uh, noted as being a little more liberal. Um, Verse six goes on to say, "I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church, and as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. He did everything that the law said. So he was a Jew, and so with this, he he received this commission to take this gospel to." the nations, right? He was a Jew. God came to him, told him, he said, okay, he received it. We understand his conversion experience on the road to Damascus, right? And I wanted to go to Philippians three because I wanted us to understand who Paul used to be. He was all of these things. He was well-versed in Judaism. So it is noted historically that Paul sat at the feet of of one of the greatest Jewish teachers of that time. He was not just like a regular person because the Pharisees were actually not held in, um, in a, and as a high regard. I didn't say that right as the Sadducees. So the Sadducees were like socially and politically, um, more respected and more popular than the Pharisees were. But Paul or Saul at that time, because of his just his um, ancestral connection to the Pharisees and because of some presumed favor and how um, strict and staunch his family was when it came to the law, he actually sat at the feet of one of the greatest Jewish leaders of that time. This Jewish leader's name was Gamaliel or Rabbi Gamaliel. And during that time, literally, I'm um, one of the most respected or the most respected leaders. So Paul had this, he was very well versed in Old Testament literature. Okay, very well versed, which we see come into play in his understanding of the new covenant and how it just is a revelation of Jesus who was, I would say for a lack of better words, hidden within the old covenant. Amen. So, um, he sat under Gamaliel and I'm trying to say his name is right as possible. It's G-A-M-A-L-I-E-L. It's something that, um, we are, we're taught in, um, school. It depends on your professor. I know some of y'all say, well, Tiffany, how do you know these things? Some of these things I actually did learn in seminary. um, and I must say that um, there are every professor is different. So if you go to a seminary, your professor may never talk to you about that. But, um, you know, it, it just depends. It just it actually just depends on who your teacher is. OK, um, but yeah, so that is the the well-noted Jewish leader. I think that's like common knowledge though, that he sat under that. I don't think you really need to go to seminary to understand that y'all. I really think that if you just apply yourself and study and you're not afraid to like ask Jesus questions as you're studying, like, well, how did Paul become so knowledgeable? You know, why are his letters so intricate and stuff like that? Where was he taught and things of that nature? Um, During his little caterpillar stage, He was sitting under some of the greatest teachers ever, not knowing that he would still, he would be used by the Holy Spirit to teach people for generations to come. Amen. Amen. So, um, Acts 22, let's go there. Acts 22 verses 25 through about 28, maybe 29. Uh, let's do this. It says, uh, when they tied Paul down to lash him, Paul said to the officer, Standing there, is it legal for you to whip a Roman citizen who hasn't even been tried? When the officer heard this, he went to the commander and asked, what are you doing? This man is a Roman citizen. So the commander went over to and asked Paul, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I certainly am, Paul replied. I am too, the commander muttered, and it cost me plenty. Paul answered, but I am a citizen by birth, woo! Woo. Listen to this. The soldiers who were about to interrogate Paul quickly withdrew when they heard he was a Roman citizen and the commander was frightened because he had ordered him to be bound and whipped. This was an amazing scene in the ministry of Paul. So guess what? Paul was this amazing Jew, right? He obeyed the law faithfully. He was from the tribe of benjamin he was a pharisee his fathers were pharisees before him he sat under the greatest um religious jewish rabbi at that time and learnt um scripture whoa but what do we find out about this paul he was also a roman citizen he was like roman because of by birth wait wait can you imagine that that strange little like correlation and, and composition of, 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 of things that are within you, God actually wants to use that for his glory in the future? Like, can you imagine that Paul had no idea that while he was sitting under Rabbi Gamaliel, I, I'm gonna I'm try to do it like that. I'm gonna try to do it like that. While he's sitting under him, And then he goes out into the streets of Rome and he's learning what Socrates taught. (sighs) Can you imagine that God used all of those things? Hallelujah. For when Paul became, well, for when Saul became Paul. So there were things that were imparted into him that were absolutely necessary for his butterfly stage. So remember, we talked about that, that there's a stripping that takes place during the chrysalis stage. However, there are things that are necessary to the butterfly survival that are preserved. And there are things that lay dormant within the caterpillar that become active when it's time for the butterfly to be constructed. So we learn about Paul that not only was he a Jew, but he was also a Roman citizen. Literally a Roman citizen, not because he paid for it, not because he moved there and, you know, um, did whatever needed to be done to become a citizen of Rome. He was born a Roman. He was born a, a Jew in Rome. And he sat under one of the greatest Jewish teachers, but he was also completely immersed, not as far as in an unrighteous way. But completely, I'll say, surrounded by Roman culture and knew it very, very well. Very well. Very well. And because of that, he was sent as an apostle to the Gentiles. God used this very unique mix of who Paul was to say, I want you to go to those same Roman citizens and preach the gospel now. Because you understand them. You speak their language. You know what they believe. Think about Paul when he stood up in, in the middle of Mars Hill. and in, in the middle of that, that that town square. And he's like, everybody, I see you have this sign to the unknown God. He's like, I'm going to tell y'all who he is. Paul knew how, how to reach these people. Because he was raised around these people. He was raised up with these people. I don't want y'all to forget where you came from. I don't want you to forget where God caused you to be raised because you never know. Those may be the very same people that God would have you go back to, to preach the gospel. God may need that language that you understand or that talent that you have or whatever it is for where he's taking you in the future. Amen. Amen. All right. So where are we going next? Let's go to Galatians one and 22. Okay. Galatians one and 22. Listen to what happens. And still the churches in Christ that are in Judea didn't know me personally. This is Paul speaking, but listen to what he says. He says, all they knew was that people were saying the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy and they praise God because of me. So Paul goes through this 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 metamorphosis where he goes from being this Roman citizen who is like a uh from the tribe of Benjamin who's a Pharisee he goes from being all of those things to in somebody someone who used to persecute the 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 Christians he goes from being that to being one who preaches Can you imagine how God works Turn with me to Ephesians 3. We're going to just bounce around really quickly. Ephesians 3. We're going to start at verse 1. I'm going to read you the New Living Translation. This is Paul speaking. He says, When I think of all of course it's the Holy Spirit, but you know what I mean. When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles. Listen to this. He's like, everything that I'm going through is for you. The reason why I'm able to um, speak to you and relay this message to you is because of who I used to be. God called me as an apostle to the Gentiles. And that wasn't happenstance. Remember what I told you all about the butterfly. When it comes out of that chrysalis stage, nobody has to teach it how to fly. Nobody has to teach it how to suck nectar out of a flower because all of those things were imparted into it during that chrysalis stage. Paul did not need to learn their language. He did not need to learn about philosophy. He didn't need to learn about their culture. He already knew it because it had already been imparted to him. He was able to just move forth into the call of God upon his life um, based upon what had already been placed in him. Okay. So he says, I, Paul, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming by the way that, you know, God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. Paul says, I am the only apostle given the special re- responsibility by Jesus to extend his grace to you. Everybody else went with the Jews, right? They keep talking to the Jews. There was a point in the book of Acts where we know Paul says, you know what? I'm not preaching to the Jews no more. That's it. I'm going to the Gentiles. Do y'all remember that in the book of Acts? Let me tell y'all, I used to love the book of Acts so much. Um, I haven't been there in a a little bit as far as reading the whole um, book, you know, but I used to love the book of Acts so much that literally I would read it. And when I got to the end of it, I would just go all the way back to chapter one, (laughs) And the book of Acts really made me hungry um, for the Lord because I remember, you know, first getting saved and just doing basic reading through scripture. And I remember going to church after I started reading the book of Acts and I'm like, wait, what? Like, does this say that they were raising the dead? Like I, you know, I'm coming in seemingly like a, basically a new Christian, even though I grew up in church, I really didn't know anything about scripture and You know, stuff like that. I knew a little something, but nothing really, honestly, okay? (laughs) Nothing too much, but I thank the Lord for his grace. But um, I'm reading the book of Acts, and I'm like, what? They were raising, this is the church? Like, this is what happened after Jesus ascended, okay? After he was resurrected, he ascended. They were raising the dead. They were fellowshipping every day. They were performing miracles while they were, like, feeding people in need like this is the early church this is the actual scriptural church that we're supposed to read about and gain our influence like we're supposed to know who we are and ident- be able to identify with them what like I was soaking in and then I would go to church and I'm like this not this not the ch- I don't think this don't feel like this not what I read about I I don't know about what happened Jesus <laughs> It just left me with so many questions. Anywho, so Paul has this responsibility to extend the message of the gospel and the grace of God to the Gentiles. Okay. And verse three, he says, as I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read, oh no, excuse me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. So Paul is saying, listen, I have this special understanding from God, this special revelation concerning God's will. And he says, God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Listen to this, both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally In the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading his good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, He graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. Wow. Paul says, God chose me. He gave me this special understanding that these people who I was raised around and these people who I just happen to be, you know, citizens of the same place with them. These people need to hear the gospel. These people need to hear the good news. And although I was also raised as a Pharisee and I was perfect concerning the law, God is going to use the other parts of me to bring the gospel to these people. Okay. The, the Roman parts of me, he's going to use that to bring the gospel to these people. So it gave Paul that boldness that he needed in Mars Hill. I just absolutely love that scene where he's like, oh, y'all are like agnostics. So y'all do know there is a God. Y'all just don't know who he is. Let me tell y'all. <laughs> he knew how to speak to them where there were some Jewish people um, at that time who may have said, oh no, you know, we can't go there. We can't really talk to them like that because in their mind, they're still thinking unclean, unclean. Paul didn't have that. Although he remained clean perfectly according to the law, once it came time for him to shed that mindset and he understood that you're saved by grace, he had no problem with communicating with them, being around them, working with them, eating with them, sitting at the same table with him, with them because of his upbringing with them, right? So he was a little more comfortable and we see him speaking about possibly, I think, in the book of Galatians where he had to rebuke Peter because Peter was, um, where the Gentiles were, but when the Jewish people came, he kind of separated himself and wouldn't eat with them. And um, Paul went and he checked him on that. But Paul had this really deepened and heightened understanding that this gospel is not just for Jews. Jews don't have a monopoly on it, although it was delivered unto the Jews first. We are all heirs with Christ Jesus. Now we are joint heirs with him. And Paul was able to deliver this message with zeal and passion because of everything that had been placed within him. Amen. Everything that he learned as he was growing um, is what he needed for when he came into this new season in his life. So, um, at the right time, God is going to use those things that you have learned. Everything that he doesn't strip from you, let me put it like that. Everything that he doesn't cause to be destroyed, God is going to sanctify and use it for his glory. There's a scripture that the Lord wants me to read you all. And it's in Isaiah, the 60th chapter, the 22nd verse. And it says the smallest family will become a thousand people and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. Listen to this. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. God is going to do a supernatural metamorphosis at the right time. How can a the tiniest group, the tiniest group, become a mighty, not just a mighty group, but a mighty nation? How can the smallest family become a thousand people? That's a complete change of nature. That's a complete transformation. That's a metamorphosis and God says at the right time, I, the Lord will make it happen at the right time, at the right time, you will emerge as a butterfly. Can I just say it like that? Y'all at the right time, the process will be complete for you. Amen. At the right time, God is going to, you're going to see all of it come to pass everything that God has been imparting to you, into you for everything that you have been sacrificing for everything that has been destroyed from your life, all those relationships that you've walked away from at the right time. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, God is going to use whatever is left For his glory and he's going to make it happen and he's going to fulfill his promises to you. He's going to answer those prayers according to his perfect will for your life. And we can just rejoice in the Lord and give thanks to him for his faithfulness concerning his word and um, his will and your process. God is faithful even through the process that you are currently going through. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to switch up on you. God is going to continue to work on you in this chrysalis stage so that in your butterfly season, you can just go out and just move into whatever God has called you to. Amen. Just like we see Paul after those scales fall from his eye and he gets up, listen, and he's baptized and he's filled with the Holy Spirit because, um, you know, they, they talk about that process. Somebody had to go and baptize him and things like that. He moves forward in his call. He says, I conferred not with flesh and blood. Why? Because he didn't need to be taught anything else because he was already imparted into. So now he was able to go forth and just be. Amen. Amen. And that is what's going to happen with you in the name of Jesus. Everything that you're going through is causing you to one day when the Lord says, I will make it happen at the appointed time and season, which we believe we stepped into. Hallelujah. You will just be. So allow the Lord to continue to strip things from you and impart things to you and allow those things. So those things that have been dormant in you all along can be activated and, um, surface hallelujah and be used for the glory of god i pray that that blessed you i pray that it came to you with understanding i'm happy that you learned some new things about the apostle paul i love you very much and i thank you for spending this time with me On this Thursday, God bless you in the name of Jesus. Father, I seal this word with the blood of Jesus and I pray God that it is a word that has gone into the ground that has been received with understanding that's going to bear fruit and that cannot be stolen from them. Lord, let them remember this word. Hallelujah. As they feel themselves being changed, help them to remember how you used Paul in the the unique character traits in in, um, ways about Paul that you used for your glory when he actually became the man of God you created him to be. Glory to God. Help us all to remember that everything that we're going through has a purpose. Whatever we've been through in the past has a purpose. And it can all be used for your glory if we just stick with your process. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless y'all. Have a blessed week, a blessed day, a blessed weekend. (laughs)